my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM. Boy, it's good to be back. Welcome to Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you again. This week we're following the theme, End Time Delusions. And the big question for today, what does the Bible say about how Jesus will come? Our co-host today is Eric Hoare, and Eric's the recently retired pastor from the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome to you, Eric. It's great to be back again, Gary, and in this warm studio. I tell you, it doesn't seem like a Tuesday today after a long weekend. No, it doesn't. When you retired, I understand that uh, Tuesday's long weekends seem to blend into each other. Yeah, look, it's not as exciting, you know, when you have to work on a Monday and uh, you get a day off. It's so exciting, but when you, when you have a Monday off anyway, it kind of just rolls one holiday into another. Tell me, Eric, have you adjusted to daylight robbery yet? Daylight what? Uh, daylight, daylight robbery. Oh, oh, you mean savings, Gary. Now, here's where we, here's where we, here's where we depart in our ways, Gary, because I do love daylight saving, and I know that there is some conflict of interest here. But, oh, look, I, I loved it. The other day, I, I tweeted, actually, to the Birdwood Church, it's daylight saving. How wonderful. Well, you should have seen the, the comments that came back, and I felt like saying, well, I'm out in the garden at this time of the night, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I have to admit, I'm one of those morning people who just absolutely loves to be able to get up. I'm happy to walk with the birds and uh, nobody else is on the road. I've got the whole road to myself. Absolutely love it. And then daylight saving, daylight robbery comes along and I am stuck because I'm walking in the dark again. Um, I find this so hard. Oh, well, just enjoy that extra, you know, that hour of n- at night when you've got that little bit of light. You can go out with the missus and sit outside when the weather's warmer, of course. <laughs> in this weather, there's a conspiracy against us at the, at the present time. Hey, Eric, this week we're following the theme end time delusions and the big question today is uh, what does the Bible uh, say about uh, how Jesus will come now uh, before we go there however this morning I actually had the privilege to have another guest with me in the studio this is a a good mate of mine uh, Peter Moss Um, Peter's involved in a wonderful ministry and I had opportunity to talk to him about this uh, about this uh, ministry I'd just love to share uh, something that he he is actually actually involved in. Well, it's wonderful to have in our studio today Peter and Mary Moss. Uh, Peter and Mary are really good uh, mates of mine that I uh, met uh, many years ago. Mary, I think our time go- together uh, goes back to Avondale, Avondale College and uh, it, it's fantastic to be able to catch up uh, with you again. That's right. It's, it'd be nearly 40 years, Gary. Tell you what, look, we didn't look the same uh, <laughs> uh, back then, did we? You know, yeah. it's quite a, quite amazing. It's always so fantastic to have Peter. Uh, this is uh, Mary's husband in the in the studio with us today. Uh, now, Peter and Mary, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Peter, maybe yourself. What what do you actually do with yourself? I'm an actual farmer, grazier, raise cattle, 
Okay, whereabouts do you do you raise cattle? It's a place called the Warren Bungles. It's east west of Coonabarabran. West uh, of Coonabarabran, near the Warren Bungle National Park. Now, tell us something. Uh, were you actually impacted by the by the bushfires at the beginning of this year? No, not directly. Only by the smoke. Also, the severe drought. I don't know. We copped a lot of dust from west, from Cobar and South Australia. So you've been impacted by the drought lately? Before the drought broke, yes. Okay, okay. Um, uh, tell me, the thing that really... You guys are on a property, certainly nowhere close to what most of us would say were the, you know, the built-up environments of the, uh, of the world. And yet, what you've actually been doing, Peter, and I know, Mary, you're also in, involved in this, is you've been able to become part of a prayer ministry team. Now, this is the thing that really, uh, I suppose, interests me at, at this particular time. Now, uh, tell me, Peter, prayer ministry, have, have you always been a person who has believed in prayer? I've always believed in prayer, but not necessarily practiced it very well. What about you, Mary? I mean, have you always believed in prayer? Have you practiced prayer? I've always believed in prayer. I've always practiced it as best I understood it. Um, but now I have a better understanding of it. Right. And I, I practice it, I guess, better, in a better way. Okay, okay. You're, you're both part of the uh, North New South Wales prayer ministry team. Now, uh, firstly, uh, before we go there, I'm just wondering, Peter, Mary, do you believe that prayer actually works? Yeah, absolutely. And you've got evidence of that for years and years. But you hear how God answers prayers for other people, other people's experiences, and also in our own lives, ill health and things like that. God always comes through. Have you had any experiences on your property with answer prayer? Yeah, bushfires. Um, remember praying that if God would protect our property, but if we had to lose it, we would accept it, and it didn't happen. It didn't happen? Yeah, the what I mean by didn't happen, the fire stopped at the boundary of the property. Wow. Wow. Mary, have, uh, have you ever had an experience with answered prayer? Yes, I was very sick a couple of years ago. Um, I had an, a very large abscess in my lung, 12 centimetres by 8 centimetres. Wow. And um, I was in hospital for six weeks and I was not getting any better. I was getting worse. Mm-hmm. And they tried antibiotics industrial strength antibiotics mm-hmm. and it wasn't working and we the minister who was visiting me at the time said suggested we have um, an anointing which we had just to just explain to us what is an anointing um as it says in the bible that if anyone is ill that they should gather the elders of the church and pray okay that comes from the book of james it does yes. yeah yeah okay and, and tell us what actually happened well, we had the anointing that we had mm-hmm. the the um, hospital um, chaplain and a number of others, and we had all of our family and friends participating in their own homes. Okay, and um, they had been taking blood every day and watching the markers in my blood. It was getting worse, but on that following morning after the anointing, for the first time, it was better. Okay, and not only the blood, but also. In fact, you, I think you mentioned it returned to normal. Yes, it returned to normal, and the uh, CT scan showed that for the first time the abscess had actually shrunk. Wow. And nothing had changed, and I was getting better and stronger every day. Mm -hmm. So so they sent me home. That is really, uh, many people would say, oh, you know, it just just happened that way. 
But you don't believe that's the case. I don't believe that for one minute. Okay, no. okay. This is this is really powerful because you know it's practical experience of life that says that prayer does actually work. Mm. Yeah, no. This is uh, this is powerful, Peter. You've become involved in prayer ministry. In fact, I know that I I receive from you. I know that I'm on your your list of people who have. Prayers. I think you've got a list of about 50 people that you text. I know I get a text from you probably once or maybe twice a day often with various requests for prayer. How long have you been involved in that ministry? Roughly two years. Okay, so you're based on a property. I just find this absolutely remarkable. You're based on a property in the far west of New South Wales. Radio reception is, you know, I mean, even internet reception out there is not particularly particularly good and yet you're able to be involved in a prayer ministry that's part of the North New South Wales conference and I'm conference I'm conscious that the North New South Wales conference uh, has a a very committed group of people involved in prayer ministry a lady by the name of Carissa um, she heads that ministry and she uses the internet to send out requests and also receive requests and also you know, the mobile phone the SMS also does it as well. Okay, so she she actually receives requests. Uh, do you ever receive people directly requesting prayer? Yes, in my local um, church, yes. Okay, okay, so uh, people from the, from the local area are happy to contact you and you then send out their prayer requests to 50 prayers Yes, I do, as quick as I can. Um, even sometimes before I start praying about it, I get the first one on its way. Sometimes you've got to wait for the phone to put it through a little bit sometimes. So you um, read the rest of it while it's going through. Fantastic. Peter, look, tell me, as well as that, I'm conscious that even before you were involved with North New South Wales and their prayer ministry team, you were also involved with sending out passages of Scripture to people just on a daily basis. Why? How long have you been doing that? It would be probably a bit longer than two years. I was doing that before I doing prayer ministry. Okay. So what was it that enticed you to start just sending out to, to how many people do you send passages of the scripture to? The same amount of people around 50 people. Around 50 people hmm. so what was it that uh, made you decide to do that? I can't honestly say and it must have been the prompting of God and the Holy Spirit. Hey, that that is really fantastic. You know, Peter, the thing that really jumps out at me here, and the thing that really stands out to me, is that you know I believe the Lord has actually has a wonderful work for each of us to actually be involved in. And you know, sometimes we make excuses and say, "Hey, look, you know, I'm too far from people. I'm too, you know, I, I don't have contact with people." But I'm so conscious that you've actually developed a ministry here, whereby you're sending passages of scripture out to uh, 50 people just by your mobile phone. You're you're able to involve others in praying for other people and uh, you're able to do that while you're actually running uh, your own property. You know, Peter, to me, I, I just look at this and I say, hey, what an incredible blessing, what an amazing ministry you've actually developed here. And uh, I just, uh, I'm just i just so conscious that I, uh, I believe our God 
actually calls us to do to do ministry for him uh, through his Holy Spirit. And I believe that's actually what occurred in your life. Peter, Mary, thank you so much for coming and joining to with us today. We really appreciate everything that you've had to share. Uh, may the Lord richly bless you. That was earlier today uh, speaking to uh, Mary and uh, and Peter Moss on their ministry, their phone ministry of prayer. Now, uh, Eric, just tell me something. Uh, do you think we overlook this issue of prayer? I mean, they're talking about the power of prayer. I mean, they've seen answered prayer in their own lives, and now they're encouraging others to to pray, uh, to pray, and to support others in prayer. Do you think this is a ministry that, as a you know, as, as churches generally? We've really overlooked. We really have, I think, yeah. Um, you know, prayer meetings used to be packed. In my day, when I first uh, came into the church, yeah. everybody was there. And uh, But now, you know, very few people tend uh, to make it there. And um, I, I, we can become quite blasé, I think, about prayer. Uh, prayer is the most powerful thing we can have, and yeah. it's the, the center of the Christian life. Yeah. And to do it corporately, you know, to come together, to bring other uh, uh, others' people in that need prayer, uh, particularly in the church and outside the church is so powerful. Yeah, so yeah. powerful. There's a thing that's called actually experiential religion. You know, a religion that you um, come to understand because of a physical experience. You know, now, it, we, we major on you know the importance of the the Word of God, and that's vitally important. But one of the things the Word of God actually teaches us is that a daily communion with the Heavenly Father is actually heart and core to everything that we uh, to everything that we believe. Now. You know, this is something as I, as I look at it, I'm just so conscious that, uh, you know, in, in churches today, it's so easy uh, to actually, uh, I suppose, fall back onto worship, uh, music perhaps, and yet it's that time alone um, and praying for others where you seem to get uh, the, it seems to be the power source of Christianity. Yeah, and I think too, a lot of things are overlooked when, when, when you say like, you know, we centre on worship, you know, and it's very important, but also there's various little ministries around as I do my daily tasks through the week uh, in my ministry, I notice, you know, there's people doing all sorts of things. For instance, Elizabeth Church, they go down to Second Bites where I go. Uh, there's two people that go down there, drive the van all the way there, load up with foods that Coles and that have, have given for donations. They bring it back to Elizabeth. It's a group there that unpack it. And then all the, I, I see all, as I finish the day, I see all the, the people from the community coming in and, and being helped, you know. And so that to me is, is a big thing as well. You Eric, know. I'm so pleased that you've actually brought this up because you know one of the things that I'm so conscious of is that it's so easy to overlook the, if you like, the smaller ministries that are bubbling on in the background. And what I see here in Peter and Mary is a small ministry. It's not a, a, a large, it's not going to get uh, the national acclaim anywhere. It's probably never going to be written up in any of the, any of the journals. And yet they're doing an incredibly powerful uh, ministry. I know that myself, I mean, I get Peter's text every single morning. Every morning, promptly at six o'clock, you can be guaranteed Peter's actually going to, to send a passage of scripture for me to uh, look at uh, today. Uh, during the day, at some point, you can be guaranteed I'll actually get a text from him saying, hey, look, um, you need to pray for and giving us somebody who's actually requested prayer. Mm. Now, often, you know, it might be anonymous, you know, a person has asked for this and to be able to to be involved in that type of ministry, 
ministry, I think really has an incredibly positive impact on your whole Christian experience. Uh, what do you think? Oh, true. And, you know, I think there's many uh, types of ministry that, that help in, in different ways. The prayer ministry is one, the food one that I've mentioned. And these things here are really the gospel that's being shared, that we call on the power of God to do these things. And outside of our church into the community plus within the church. And I think that um, often we do overlook the the power of prayer. And when you've got this, that people have got it at the center of their mind and they send out these texts and tweets. I mean, I don't know if you saw Donald Trump uh, thing last night where he found the best way of getting his message out was actually tweeting straight out to the people, bypassing the, what he would call the fake news. And yeah. that actually, they say, built it up. So when we go directly to the people, and that's what these folks are doing, they're yeah. bringing people to the Holy Spirit. They're, they're praying for them and looking after them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's something about having one-on-one community yeah. and being being cared for in in that way, and certainly taking those requests to our Lord God, mm. uh, who who seems to be able to respond so powerfully, uh, and certainly in my experience, to actually see Him move in your life is something that can never be gainsayed by uh, somebody else. Mm. Yeah, look, let's come to uh, to some music. This is uh, Bethany Dillon. Uh, How deep uh, the Father's love. Shoulders Ashamed I hear my mind 
gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. That is a fantastic uh, book, that uh, book, Great Controversy. It's a book of uh, a few hundred pages. Uh, I uh, I love it. I've read it many times myself. You know, the thing that really applies to, uh, uh, that I really appreciate about this particular book are the last uh, dozen or so chapters. Uh, some of the chapter titles I know have really intrigued many people. Uh, Can Our Dead uh, Speak to Us? It actually answers one of the really significant questions that uh, so many in the religious world are actually asking. Liberty of Conscience Threatened. Uh, I love that particular chapter because, again, it relates to the uh, world scene that we are living in today. The Impending Conflict is another chapter. The Scriptures are Safeguard. It tells us, this chapter tells us where we can actually find safety. The Final Warning, and then it talks about the time of trouble. That's spoken about by Daniel the prophet in his last chapter, and this is also amplifies that particular subject. And then it talks about the deliverance of God's God's people. Uh, guys, these are fantastic uh, chapters. These really answer a lot of questions that uh, people have today. If you want uh, a copy of that book, uh, you can go to our website. That's faithfm.com.au or you can text me direct on uh, uh, on our studio phone here. That's 0438 066 Six three five. That's o four three eight zero double six six three five. Just give us your name and your address, and uh, and we'll make sure that a copy of this particular book is heading your way in the next couple of uh, couple of days. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Eric Hoare, and Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week we're following the theme, End Time Delusions. And the big question for today is what does the Bible say about how Jesus will come? It's a subject that's actually uh, really uh, constantly uh, presented in, in Scripture. But I'm conscious that there are also some peripheral beliefs connected to this particular teaching that we do need to look at. And we're going to be looking at them tomorrow and on Wednesday. Millions believe in a thing called a secret rapture. You know, just uh, uh, the other day I saw a car running uh, running around and uh, it, had, uh, it had this uh, particular bumper sticker, warning, in case of rapture, this car will be unmanned. Uh, that should frighten you, uh, shouldn't? Shouldn't it, Eric? Sure, well, it certainly would. Um, I, I noticed that uh, I haven't seen this one for a while, but uh, in the past, um, come the rapture, can I have your car? 
<laughs> I, I like that, uh, that particular bumper sticker. Depends on whether it was a Ford or a Holden. Uh, you mean you wouldn't take it? I'm impressed, Eric. And then there was another one. I can't wait for the rapture. Everyone I hate will be leaving. <laughs> when I when I read when I read that, I sort of thought, hey, um, you know, here's someone taking the Mickey out of uh, uh, out of those who who believe in the in the rapture. There's another belief. It's connected to uh, to that Israel will have to have a significant role in end times. Others suggest that the temple will be rebuilt. We're going to look at these beliefs tomorrow. And then again on on Thursday. But uh, before we go there, we need to look at, oh, Eric, what does the Bible have to say on the subject of how Jesus will come? We need to know what the Bible does say before we look at some of the, uh, the peripheral beliefs that maybe don't have quite as much truth to them as what some uh, do actually understand. So well, what does the Bible actually say on how Jesus will come? Well, it's an interesting, Pastor Gary. I actually um, saw a survey not long ago where it was taken among uh, Christians in America, and it says, do you believe in the second coming of Christ? 79% of Christians believe that Jesus will return. 79, 17% of those Christians said no. They didn't believe that Christ would come again, and 4% weren't un- were unsure. So you've got really 21% who uh-huh. aren't looking for Jesus to come. Now, this is in okay. the Christian yeah, world. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's not outside there. Do you believe that Jesus will return in your lifetime? 20% said yes and 39% no, and the rest were unsure. So these figures are quite startling, really. Um, in the time of the second, is the sec- time of the second coming revealed in Bible prophecies? Only 33% said yes. That that really gives an indication that I think uh, most Christians are actually uh, biblically, I would call it, Illiterate. I mean, is that is that going too far to say that a Christian could be biblically illiterate? Well, you know, the, the scriptures are quite clear. There's so many texts on the second coming. I mean, and it, and a lot of this too reflects back on um, on your truth of what you understand about death and whether we've gone to the heaven or we're sleeping. Because why would Jesus come back again if we're already up there? And these these are the sort of questions, I guess, that that, that you know that these sort that of many do actually are, have. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, it says um, before the second coming, the world situation will be worse. Thirty four percent said it'll be worse. Only four percent said it would be better. Okay. So that, okay. they've got that one right. <laughs> well, I, uh, actually, I mean, that's certainly, you know, the, uh, the the conclusion that I'm conscious that so many people are certainly talking to me about, particularly mm. young people, are noticing that the world is actually spiralling in a direction that, you know, is raising a lot of questions in their minds. Yeah. But over 50% said they didn't know. Yeah. Which is yeah. absolutely amazing to me. Yeah. And yeah. can peoples and nations affect when Christ will return? Can we? And 23% said yes, and 50% no, that we can't help, you know, get the world right before Jesus comes. So I thought that was very interesting because, you know, Second Peter 3 3 to 4 says, Knowing this first, and there shall come in the last day scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation so it's saying that there will be scoffers within the church then you've got the multitude of people who don't believe as well yeah it actually yeah. says to me eric that there's a lot of a tremendous amount of confusion 
uh, in the religious world about this whole issue of what what do the scriptures actually teach on our future? Yep. It's sort of, uh, you know, Christianity is something that so many have held on to historically, and yet without having a certain biblical literacy, they actually miss out on some of the greatest promises that are actually within the scriptures themselves. Mm. That's right. And, you know, there's so many texts in the Bible that give a clear path of what Jesus left us a, um, a trail of, of to understand how Jesus would come. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I can think of one straight off um, where, uh, in all the confusion of the world today, even in the Christian world, when it's talking about um, the coming of Jesus, Acts one nine to eleven says the following: Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them white apparel, who said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up to heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So this tells me that Jesus will come back the same way he ascended up into the heavens. Mm. He will come exactly the same way. And, and that's an important understanding, isn't it? Because I'm so conscious that there are there is so much um, un, uh, uncertainty about this particular issue. I'm conscious that there's been entire there's been an entire a series of book left behind series that presents a, um, a, a a picture of Jesus coming again that. I suggest is actually um, more uh, a novel than certainly uh, what we find in the scriptures. That's correct. You know, there's there's just so many texts on this. You know, a Revelation says uh, in one seven it says every eye will see him. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. So this is a big event. This is something that everybody will see happening, even those it says here that actually pierced him. Wow. Yep. I mean, that, that is an incredible promise, isn't it? I mean, that's, mm. that's something that, you know, when I turn around and say every eye is going to see this event, this is not something that apparently is going to be done quietly in a, in a corner somewhere. No, that's right. I mean, um, it tells us too in many places that the trump will sound and the lightning will flash. There's many texts on this. This is going to be a big event. This is going to be a real shaking, earthquakes, and this is going to be um, a, a, a trema- It's not going to be a secret thing. It's going to be a, a purely um, everybody will see them, a, a tremendous event. This is one of the big things. I mean, we think we've seen things happen uh, on this earth, but this one, this one will be something we've never seen before. I think this is what this is saying to me, though, Eric, is that there is actually a lot of discussion about, hey, you know, what is the future for planet Earth? And there are mm. certainly some people out there who will turn around and say, oh, you know, we're going to have an asteroid is perhaps going to, you know, impact yeah. the Earth. Uh, others might uh, might say, oh, we're going to have some atomic weaponry that's going to do away with planet Earth. You know, there are some who are, the, you know, the sun is going to get so big that it's going to heat the Earth up and, you know, we're going to dissipate in the uh, uh, in the heat, you know. There are so many theories as to how Earth is actually going to climax. Yet yeah. within what we've got is within the scriptures, We've actually got this picture being drawn of the climax of Earth's history, but the climax seems to be wrapped up 
in a promise, in a prophecy, in the prophecies of the Word of God. That's right. And, you know, like before I was a Christian, I used to wonder how will it end? Will it be an atomic explosion, for instance? You know, is this how the, the world's going to end with a great big bang? Is this, but the scriptures say, no, it's not going to end that way, that Christ will come first before any of that happens. Mm. He will come and he's, he's given here a picture and, and these clouds that is taught will come in the clouds. These are angels. Uh, the Bible talks about this. So he's going to bring his host of angels with him because they've got a job to do, which we're going to see a couple of texts for when he comes, what actually happens. Okay. Okay. But, Build up the picture a bit bigger uh, for us, Eric. Okay, it says here too um, in Matthew, uh, I like this one. Um, I'll go to Matthew, and it's chapter 24. Uh, and in Matthew 24, it says, um, As the lightning that comes from the east is visible, uh, and even in the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man. The Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power. And great glory. So this is uh, once again building on this. But it was interesting what it says just before those verses, which I took heed off when I was looking at this during the week. When it says in twenty four, but it actually goes from verse twenty three. It says, "Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, uh-huh. or there, do not believe it." For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. Therefore, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out there, mm-hmm. uh, Christ the Son. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. And then he talks about how Jesus will come. So there is going to be um, a lot of deception, as you said before. But the interesting thing is nobody can imitate what is actually happening here coming yeah, down from the yeah, sky. You can yeah. imitate it here on the earth. You can do all sorts of um, wonders and signs, but you can't imitate what Jesus is talking about here. You know, Eric, I think what you're saying is so important because Matthew 24 is actually one of the great teaching passages of Christ. Uh, what we actually find is that the chapter starts by the disciples asking the uh, uh, Christ uh, uh, question and of course that question is uh, Master, uh, what's going to be the sign of your coming? They just mm. assume that it's going to happen because Christ has taught them that they understand that. Uh, what's going to be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? You know, And Christ doesn't rebuke them or, or say, hey look you know, don't talk about these, you know, these things because they're silly. No, what he turns around and he says, well these are actually the signs and it's actually one of the great teaching passages you know, and I would, I've actually encouraged Many of people who have, um, uh, who I've spoken to, to actually spend some time actually reading through Matthew chapter 24 because this chapter has got so much in it that I believe actually applies to the day and age in which we are living today. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the, the trouble is, you know, um, before I really studied the scriptures and uh, just sort of browsed through it and, and uh, was given information from other people, uh, you know, I believed all sorts of things about the scriptures, about what happens uh, when Jesus comes again or where yeah, we are. Yeah. And that is, the, that is the problem, is that because of tradition, because of man's teaching, then this is lost of what Jesus, these words that Jesus telling us is a picture. And, you know, as we've said before, you line them up like a fence post and there's so many 
uh, verses that talk yeah, about yeah. this actual thing. Uh, Jesus wants us to know so we're not deceived either. Yeah, yeah. And he gives a, a great picture of what is coming. Uh, that uh, I mean, you know, um, here it's saying that lightning comes from the east to the west, so will the coming of Son of Man be. You know, sometimes we think, um, is this really going to happen? To me, this is an actual event that will happen yeah, yeah. because it's, it's, it's binded in prophecy, it's binded in Scripture. And when Christ comes into your life and changes you and you see his miracles within you, you can actually understand what he's talking about here. Your eyes are sort of like uh, opened. Uh, and the Bible says there will be those who will never believe. Mm, they mm. won't be looking around. You know, it says even in, uh, in the day of the coming of the man, so people go on eating and drinking, doing their normal things. Yeah. And they're not looking, they're not seeing what is actually happening or waiting for Jesus to come again. So what we've actually got here is an event that is currently still future that the scriptures talk about as being incredibly audible. I can hear uh, this uh, this event. It's something that it's as the lightning flashes from one side of the heavens across to the other side. In other words, it's very visible as well. Yeah, yeah, this is a right. this is an amazing picture that's actually being presented of the coming of Jesus Christ. That's right, and, and we find it hard to understand how every eye could see it, but through the power of Christ, he can put that right around the world, that every eye will see what is happening. Yeah. They will yeah. know that there is a God, that there is a Savior, that there is a Messiah that is coming back, because he promised, if you remember in John three seventeen, he said that he came to save everybody. Yeah. You know, he said, I've come to save yeah. Not to condemn. To seek and to save yeah. that which is lost. That's right. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. And that's interesting. I mean, uh, to me, one of the, and we know these verses so well, First Thessalonians four thirteen to 18, it says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him, according to the Lord's word. We tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel, with a trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that... We who are still alive and who are left, we caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. There's two things here, Gary, that I've learned over time is that Jesus doesn't touch the earth. Mm. That he's, we're mm. caught up in the clouds with him And I've sort of thought about that And it, it makes sense to me that the reason why he doesn't touch the earth Is this is a sin-filled earth yeah. Now he, is, he came and gave his life He became one of us You know, He did not sin And he went up and he's coming back as a Messiah So he cannot touch the sin-filled earth Because this is full of sin So he takes us in the air We meet him in the air and the second one I find is here that when he said that he came to seek the lost, he didn't come to condemn. Everybody is going to be resurrected. Yeah. It says here the dead that uh, believe in him are, are resurrected. Uh, the angels, that's their job is to yeah. go and to, to lift them from there. This is the picture we see here. Uh, those that are, believe in him and alive are caught up. The fire destroys the, the, the dead who are, uh, sorry, the living who have uh, sinned, who don't believe in him, don't believe him, put their trust in him. That's a thing that's known as hell. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's you, right. you know, Eric, yeah. this particular picture in Thessalonians, and you actually find the same picture being drawn in uh, uh, in Corinthians as well, yes. uh, because um, uh, I 
I'm conscious that as a as a minister, I, I've actually been involved in in funerals probably too regularly throughout my ministry. In fact, I I, I think I've uh, I've been involved in probably a couple of hundred plus uh, funerals to this uh, to this mm. point in time. Mm. And you know, Eric, the number of times that I've referred to this particular passage of yes. scripture because it's this passage of scripture and also First um, uh, Corinthians fifteen that really gives hope to the Christian believer because what Paul particularly when we come to Corinthians is, is saying is that um, is that what we have is a future a future hope whereby we can um, we can look confidently in the uh, certainty of Jesus coming again because when he comes again according to the scriptures the dead in Christ are going to be raised mm. and we who are still alive are going to be caught up together with them mm. into the air now mm. you know i've um uh, I, I remember on one particular occasion i actually had a a funeral director actually came to me now the funeral directors are very professional in everything that that they do mm. uh, and i'm not sure why this funeral director came to me and said and said what he said but his comment to me was pastor uh, what you shared today makes so much sense mm. he said what a fantastic hope to have mm. and, and you know as i uh, as i dialogued with him i realized that he was used to going uh to to funerals where there was very little hope for the future but he was significantly touched that day and he had come to me to say thank you for what you presented because it makes sense what you said and all i had presented was actually what is in the scriptures and that was that's yeah. all i had shared and uh, uh, so many families have found hope and comfort in the words of the scriptures in times of bereavement and it's hard to imagine the confusion over the subject in the in the christian world yeah when there's so many uh, different beliefs on this um, yeah. and it's hard for me to understand how i once believed uh, differently to this that now i wait for jesus to come because he's he said i've gone to prepare a place for you that where i am you may be also yeah we're not up there yet and those that have died and so he's going to come back with his angel clearly stated here of how he is coming back it's you know these are so clear and yet there are so many beliefs out there today i mean i meet people all the time as you do that question this and even when you share with them uh, and have a bible study on the subject and show them these texts here they still say later on uh, oh mum's in heaven uh, you know and and they have that belief and yet Jesus said he's coming he says comfort yourself with these words I'm coming for them. I am coming, mm. and I am going to be resurrecting those. You know, mm. when we bury, you know, somebody or uh, cremate, and we say this person is resting in peace. Mm. That's exactly what the scriptures teach. R.I.P. Rest in peace, because for the believer, those those who are resting in Christ, Christ is going to come with the gift of resurrection. There is mm. hope for the future. I, I love this particular picture. Mm. But Eric, look, we've got to come to some music on sure. time i'm conscious that our time is starting to run away uh, from us this is michael w smith and this is ancient words
long preserved for our walk in this world. They resound with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words in it bar. Words of life, words of hope, give us strength, help us cope.
life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. And that is a fantastic little book. Uh, so just please go, faithfm.com.au, probably the easiest way to get it. Fantastic um, little books, answers so many questions about the end times, uh, which I believe we're actually living in right right now. Uh, it clarifies so many questions that so many individuals have actually got. Uh, welcome back. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Eric Hoare, and Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week we're Following the theme, end time delusions, and the big question for today, what does the Bible say about how Jesus will come? Now, Eric, uh, bring it all together. I'm conscious that we're running out of time. We've got just a few minutes left. What is it we've overlooked? Well, in this time of uncertainty, a time when people are running to and fro, and you know you don't know what's going to happen to the stock market as people lose jobs and they wonder what's going on, and some people turn to all sorts of things to predict the future. They'll turn to uh, seances, and they will turn to people who say they can predict the future. Mm. But there is a book here, uh, the Bible, that does tell us what will happen with certainty. Uh, this isn't just. Uh, um, something that uh, we can take or leave. This is something that clearly tells us in a clear way. We've only just covered a few texts tonight about this subject, yeah, yeah. but they are they mainly run with the same theme, yeah. and that is that Jesus' work is not completed. Yeah. That his joyous one will be when he comes to claim. You imagine the joy that Jesus yeah. will have when he comes, and he sends his angel out to collect those, to collect us, and take us to him. And it tells us clearly what will happen. And it says in Matthew twenty four thirty one, and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. And then it says in Matthew twenty five thirty one, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. His his work will be complete. You know, this to me is a mm. certainty. It is the, the lifeline to humanity today. Mm. And even as we began with the statistics, even some Christians do not believe and are not waiting for Jesus to come. Yeah. We have to be ready and waiting. We should be on the lookout. We should have our lives ready because the second coming of Christ will be when you and I, if we pass away before then, the next thing we see is that glorious scene that we've described where Jesus will come through and, and we will go up to meet him in the air. So to the listeners today, place your hope, place your life on him. Search these scriptures. Have a look at these texts and line them all up. And you will be, you will have a wonderful a certainty that Jesus, this, this world's not going to end yeah. in the way that some people think. Yeah. This is the way it will end yeah. when yeah. Jesus 
returns yeah. to this. And I'm, I'm conscious that some of our listeners may be saying, hey, look, where mm. can I get these uh, uh, these texts from? You know, what does the scriptures actually say? Look, folks, uh, can I encourage you? There's a fantastic uh, website. It's called Amazing Discoveries, actually. Mm. And uh, if you go on to the Amazing Discoveries website, there is a re- there are some fantastic downloads there. Uh, one of uh, those particular downloads deals with this particular subject. Can I encourage you uh, to please go go online to the Amazing Discoveries uh, website, uh, or you can go to the Faith FM website and simply uh, ask for somebody to come and visit you and uh, explain some of these things. This is powerful. This is important for the times in which we live. So many questions are answered that people are asking when you understand what the Scriptures are saying about this particular subject today. But Eric, look, before we finish, I'm just so conscious that uh, I, I'm conscious that some people have said to me, hey, what, I'm, what we're saying could be seen as a very sensational belief. You know, are we attempting to be sensationalistic um, in presenting this particular belief? No, uh, you know, this is... Um this is certainty to me. Uh, in a confused world, when we look at Scripture, um, we turn to a lot of things in this world other than Scripture. And, and what it is, this isn't is sensational. This is what Jesus has described and left behind. He gives us signs and wonders, but he leaves behind the truth. And the yeah. truth is in these words. The only thing we can rely on is not what you and I say. Yeah. It's what the scriptures say. And all we've done tonight is to follow what the scriptures have said. These are the yeah. things we've read out. Yeah. These are not our words. Yeah. These are words from the Holy Spirit as put down in the Bible. Yeah. So these yeah. are the things that change us. And when we know these things, we know that we don't go and somebody says, look, Christ is over there and this is how it is. We know through scripture what it actually has described as how Jesus we won't be fooled so this then is preparing us in solidarity in other words this gives us hope certainty and wonderful clarity of direction and you know to me that's the thing that uh, so many in this world don't have hope they don't have certainty they don't have clarity of direction and yet here we've got in the scriptures all these things being given to us and yet you know people have said to me oh it's very sensational well it might be but you know there's some things in this word of God that have actually been supernaturally revealed I mean that's the teaching of scripture and uh, you know to me the thing that jumps out at me is that I believe there's incredible evidence there to back up uh, what uh, the Word of God is actually saying mm. about itself. But Eric, look, I'm conscious that our time yeah. is actually uh, disappearing on us. Mm. Look, I'm just wondering, how would you feel about praying? Because I'm conscious that there may be some people who are saying, hey, look, you know, I don't know where our world is going right now. I, You know, I, there's turmoil in my own life. Would you like mm. to pray for, for those sure. individuals? Thanks. Sure. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to unite in prayer, recognizing that you are the wonderful God. You're the God, the great Messiah, and also our friend. And today, Lord, we're in awe by what the scriptures tell us tonight about Jesus, about the character of Jesus, that he would suffer as he did and have that cruel death on the cross, and yet promise that he will come back for us, Lord. What a wonderful God it is that we serve. And in this turmoil, Lord, 
Lord, and the way we've been brought up believing this or that, Lord. When we look at the scriptures, you give us a clear indication of how you're going to come back again so that we're not deceived, that we will not follow our own thoughts and patterns, but to understand that Jesus loves us so much. So, Lord, tonight, if there is anybody struggling with this subject tonight, pray, Lord, that each one of us will go to the scriptures and read what you are telling us. You have said that you have given these words for comfort and for hope. And Lord, your words do comfort us because we know that this world will not end with a great big bang. It's not going to end by suddenly Jesus appearing over there or here. Uh, But Jesus will come and the sky will roll open, the trumpet will sound, and we will see our Messiah. What a wonderful thing it is to see you and be face to face. So we pray, Lord, that each one of us will follow you and keep close to you. And may these scriptures continue to change our lives until we speak again. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Eric. It really looks like our time is up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when we ask, how significant is Israel in the end times? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. And please enjoy BJ Thomas, I want to be more like Jesus. I know that I can